This is the Kamloops Insider with Parker Bennett. Good day, everybody, and welcome to the Kamloops Insider podcast. I am your host, Parker Bennett, Royal LePage Realtor Extraordinaire. And today, our guests are none other than Philippa Thiessen, also a Royal LePage veteran here at Royal LePage Westwind. And that's at 800 Seymour Street, not to be confused <laughs> with Royal LePage Kamloops. And we have a vibrant Emma Papalardo coming in to speak on behalf of our subject today, which is tenancy and the vacancy rates of Kamloops. Welcome, guys. Hi. Hey. So uh, let's begin the conversation of the rental market with uh, the skewed rate of the vacancy rate in Kamloops right now, which is pretty hot market. Yep. Pretty hot market and uh, low vacancy, 1.1%. Low vacancy rate. Yeah, it's been 1.1 for a while. Is that a skewed number? Absolutely a skewed number. Why? Um, Those numbers don't come from average homeowner who has a basement suite. It is completely taken from, let's say, property management companies Mm -hmm. or companies that are set up to put renters in homes. Right most likely apartment buildings and strata complexes of that nature that are part of rental pools. So if I'm a landlord and I have a basement suite that I'm renting, um, the minute it goes vacant, let's say it goes vacant on the 15th of November, I'm going to make darn sure that my mortgage payment is made because I'm going to put somebody in their ASAP. Right. And I may not even take the best tenant due to the fact that I need to make my mortgage payment and I'm going to get somebody in there ASAP. Right. So is a property management company um, doing the same thing? I mean, I don't think so. They're, they're based on making sure it's the, the tenant criteria are met for each unit. Um, they're managing buildings at the same time, so they're dealing with bad tenants over good ones. So they're going to take a better tenant, um, maybe leaving a couple of units vacant from time to time just to make sure they have, which is the right thing to do if you're <laughs> in that business. But I would challenge the idea that our vacancy rate is probably closer to zero, like a minute point zero 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 one. Right now it's impossible to find a location. And right. yeah. Emma has some, something to say about that. It is impossible, um, especially when you get sort of around the August, even July, August uh, time and you've got the TRU students um, and anything in the Sahali, Aberdeen, Dufferin, even downtown just absolutely disappears because you have all these students that are just like, yep, cool, I'm here for the semester, I'm taking this place. Right. Yeah, so just to give you a little bit of background, Emma has recently rented a property uh, in the downtown Kamloops area. Mm-hmm. So tell us about your experience with that. Like, how hard was it to find a location? This time it was actually really good. Like, it was pretty easy for me just because I think the stars aligned. I was the right place at the right time, and I happened to meet the right property manager, and she was fantastic, and we just clicked. So I feel like that was a definite advantage. Right. Uh, Previously to that, back in March, um, I probably looked at about, 12 places trying to find something that would work for me in my budget and that wasn't an absolute to put it frankly hole right 
So if you compare, and I know this because I got some friends who are investing in the lower mainland Vancouver area, compared to the people that I know here that are, you know, renting properties as well as myself, I have some rental property. Um, the the dollar per square footage you get in, let's say Langley or Surrey or like that that neck of the woods in the lower mainland Fraser Valley region is not comparable to Kamloops because, and I have a theory about this, so that's why I'm saying because, there's more basement suites down there because the, the, the housing market is on fire mm. and to buy a single family home with a dual income, you, you need to get more revenue out of that property in order to make the payments. So they're pushing and squeezing to get basement suites in, in every nook and cranny that you can. And I don't think that Kamloops is at that level yet. So even though we have um, a great rental market, I think based on the fact that down there, it's sink or swim to have a basement suite. There's just more basement suites available. Mm. And so the, the pricing is not the same as it, as it, as it is here. No, no. So we, we got something on Vancouver. We for rent, sure. we rent for more money. Will that last? Who knows? What are, what are our average prices for rentals? Well, I think we looked that up and we're going to sort of have to isolate Kamloops into two, two parts like South Kamloops, North Kamloops. Because mm-hmm. um, there is definitely there is definitely price differences between that. And I think a lot of that has to do with Thompson Rivers University students want to be on the South Shore closer to the campus. A lot of the retail businesses in Kamloops, which may have renter people working in, are on the South Shore as well. So South Shore tends to be more viable. And like a bachelor unit... 800 bucks, 850, somewhere in that range in price. Yeah. yeah. Whereas you, you in, into a really nice one bedroom or a two bedroom that's more, maybe more functional, uh, you're probably closer to 1200 bucks yeah. per month. Mm-hmm. Not including utilities, and some do include utilities. It just depends on the, the setup of the unit. Um, in my experience, a lot of landlords that have basement suite type rentals are typically giving the basement suite a premium rent per month and including their utilities in that cost because it's just impossible to properly govern between an upstairs unit and a downstairs unit. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Which, which can have problems, but I think for the most part, it, it, that just tends to work and it's accepted amongst our rental community. Mm. But there are problems to renting in Kamloops. Let's say you do find a place, like in your case, Emma. Mm-hmm. Uh, how were they with the hedgehog? They were fine with the hedgehog um, because small animal stays in cage. You know, there's absolutely no way they can destroy anything okay. because, you know, like unless you take them out the cage, put them on the carpet and just let them go, Right. there's really no way. And you wouldn't do that anyway. You've you got to supervise your hedgie. Um, <laughs> your hedgie. That's <laughs> what they are, the hedgies. Um they were also really good. Like, they have a firm pet policy. Right. Like, you can have one small animal, um, not in a cage, so like a cat or a dog, but it has to be under 20 pounds. Okay. Which, to me, if it's a dog, that's that's not much of a dog. Yeah, it's not much of a dog. But tell me about a hedgie. How much does a hedgie weigh? I don't know. I've never picked one up. I can't, I don't know, maybe 500 grams, if that. Like, they're light as they're hell. They're pretty light. Yeah, tiny. They're made out of feathers. Do they fire quills? 
they don't fire quills, they do have quills and they do go through a dequilling where they just lose their spines like we do, um, like our baby teeth. Um, Weird. Apparently it's really painful for them. That's why they get really grumpy. Oh, okay. oh grumpy hedgehog. So just so everyone is super clear on this podcast, <laughs> Emma has a pet hedgehog. <laughs> just in case we weren't very clear on that. And you, I mean, you also have a cat. Yes. Recently. Yes. And that cat has been shipped overseas from the land down under. That's correct. To land here in, in, in Canada. Okay, but you know what? Emma is lucky that she's in a place that allows pets. Well, technically you have two pets. I do. Um, and so their policy is, as I said, it's one small animal under 20 pounds, whether right. it's a cat or a dog. And then they have a policy of, in regards to uh, caged animals or like in an aquarium or something like that. So when you've got like your fish, your birds, hedgehogs, rabbits, guinea pigs, whatever. Right. Um, it is subject to approval of the owner. Like all of the animals are subject to approval of the owner. Okay. Um, but generally they will allow one small caged animal and one small animal. Okay. So when you apply for tenancy, mm -hmm. do you put together like a business package that kind of like identifies your animals shows like pictures of them and how cute and fuzzy they are and like maybe some like background information on like their so name, their date of birth, you know. My strategy <laughs> when it comes to finding a rental is I have a photo of myself and my cat and then I have a photo of my hedgehog in his cage and then I have pretty much, it's almost like a, a, a cover letter for a resume. Right. Which basically explains who I am, what I'm looking for, uh, where I work, uh, what my budget is, yeah. um, what impact my animals may or may not have on a place because obviously my cat is litter trained, my hedgehog stays inside of you know, his cage, uh, my cat is long-haired and has a lot of fur, but obviously I have a vacuum. Right. So basically any kind of objections that they might have off the bat already dispel them. Right. Um, and that has worked pretty well for me in the past. Do you think it would be of some value to, like, build your own video on yourself and, like, give the link to potential landlords and say, okay, this is my video on me, so this is who I am. Never mind just, like, reading a one-page document that says, you know, here's my references, which are actually, like, my aunt and uncle who are mm. going to give me a great, you know, reference. Yeah. Um, but, like, putting the time and effort to put together a video might show your character as a person and you could sort of build some rapport with the viewership of your landlord or property manager. And you, you know, you'd probably put yourself on top of a list. So my concern with that is if you're not going through a property management company, like if you're just sure renting off some average guy who's got a basement suite, yeah. um, I always make sure I meet with them first. So I ask to view the place, obviously, before I apply. Right, okay. Right? Yeah. So I'd want to meet them before yeah. I apply because there's some people, not all of them, but there are some people right. in Kamloops who you don't want to give that much information to. And fair enough. That's coming from, like, a, a, a single female perspective. Correct. As coming from, like, if I was a guy, I'd, you know. I'd... If you were a guy? 
Well, actually, I am. Well, thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Always happening. But yeah, no, was, you know what I mean. Yeah. And like, I mean, I'm sure it's different for everyone. I mean, like if you've got a couple or a family, then maybe they would be more comfortable sharing a bit more information. Sure. Yeah. I know. But yeah. So I'm taking, I'm taking the approach that I'm a landlord. And if someone were to put together the time and effort to do a video about themselves in an application form to me, I'm telling you I am the good guy, so I'm not going to use that in, in, in a negative way, but I would just say that would go a long ways, mm. especially if you had pets, so that I could see, like, your pets off-leash at the park playing catch with the dog. You know, then I know that dog is not going to just disappear into oblivion the minute a door opens, Yeah. you know? Mm. Or if you were to, you know, even make the video kind of funny where you like, your pet has some droppings, and you pick them up, and you scoop them up, and see, I know how to scoop up my dog's feces you know that that would go a long way because i've got some really bad experiences of renting properties to people first of all who who are under the clear impression that there's to be no pets period and then on month six or seven when i collect the rent i notice like dog poop in the yard but when i knock on the door you know, there's, there's no dog here. I don't know what you're talking about, but there's no doubt in my mind, there's a dog, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, I can see the leash hanging up in the kitchen Yeah. and the dog is literally in a cage under the bed, hiding from the landlord while this is going down. And it's very difficult to get rid of that tenant. Yeah. Even though they've clearly broken a contractual rule, there's still a very significant process you have to go through in order to, to get rid of that tenant. Mm -hmm. And in the process, you upset the tenant and you, you become very vulnerable. Your, your property right. becomes very vulnerable yeah. in that situation. So taking that perspective, my rule is very clear. I do not take pets. Mm -hmm. And no parties, no smoking, no nothing. I want you to just not even be human. <laughs> I want you to go to work, Sounds fun. come home, eat in such a way that you don't even make a smell in the house or a, a stain on the stove. That's my ideal tenant. But how realistic is that? Well, I'm not saying it's realistic, but that's what I'm shooting for Yeah. as a landlord. And regardless, that is the image that all landlords are, are somewhat looking for. Yeah. If they're a rookie, if, like they just bought their first home or their first rental property, they'll probably make a few mistakes before they figure out what the, what the perfect tenant looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, and that may set this nasty 10 tendency to excuse the pun, um, to like hate the rental market and then they're, they're then the house is for sale. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But as a landlord, you don't want your property destroyed, right? So there has to be rules in place. You have to have some expectations. Yeah. Like renting to a previous homeowner, someone who's actually owned a home. Their own. Yeah. That's a, that's a really big draw for a landlord mm -hmm. um, as opposed to somebody who's just getting out of university and, and not to like stereotype them, but they don't have the value. They don't, they don't know what, what owning a house is like. They don't know what the responsibility is or what the cost associated, you know, right. I'll take me for example. I remember renting some of my first properties and I was not as nice to those properties as, you know, karma came back and kicked me in the butt because I had some really bad tenants in my life. So, but you know, I probably would, could have been a little nicer to the property. I probably just didn't care. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I had a dog. They they came inside with muddy feet. And I just sort of assumed, like, next week when I, you know, vacuum, I should mm -hmm. should be able to get that stain out. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. But that's just kind of growing. Uh, you know, once you once you have to take care of your own stain in the carpet, like for real, on your own budget, uh, ooh, perspective comes into yeah, yeah, you know, for sure, clarity. So now that we've mentioned, Philip, have you ever had a rental property? Yep. Tenants? Yes. Goods, bads? Uh, you know what? Mine was dealt with through um, property management company. Good. So um, it was pretty easy. Yeah. So right? you were part of a rental pool? I was, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just kind of like to define a rental pool. There's different kinds of rental pools. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be part of a rental pool that doesn't penalize your unit for being vacant because you're part of a pool that sort of gathers money in a huge bulk. And then as units go, you know, vacancies come into that pool, everything is divided evenly. Whereas other pools are very independent and your property is going to be penalized for a, um, a vacancy for a month. You just don't make any money that month. Yeah. Right. Which was what mine was. Okay. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, obviously once a tenant had moved out, it was my cost to uh, repaint um, fix any of the damages and so on before the new tenant came in. Came in, right? Okay. Yeah. Do you have any? Do you have any like horror stories of like bad y- tenants? Uh, I don't actually. Well, let me share mine. Okay, go. Okay. <laughs> I'll take us all through this podcast. <laughs> I'm only going to give you one because this is like a pretty epic fail uh, for for a tenant. So I had some good tenants, some really good tenants, and if you're listening to this podcast, I hope you are listening. Um, that were a young couple, um, and they, they were with me in a property for several years and then they moved away mm-hmm. and it was great. And I said, you know, you guys ever come back to Kamloops, I will go out and buy a house and rent it to you. That's how much <laughs> I love them. Okay. They were great. And a year later, they, they, that's exactly what happened. They phoned me up and they were like, do you have any rental property available? And it just so happened in an, in a month, I, I was a month away from a, a, a t- tenant going vacant, like a property mm-hmm. going vacant. Yeah. And so I'm like, if you can hold out for, you know, 35 days or something like that, the property's yours. So they, they agreed and it was great. Together, that couple was perfect, but separated, things went south. Oh dear. So what happened was the couple broke up. She went, moved home with her parents and he stayed. And because he couldn't afford the rent by himself, he asked if it was okay if his father came and moved in with him, which sounds perfect. Yeah. Sounds great. So his father had a tendency of not paying, paying the rent, which became month after month fighting until the point mm-hmm. where I think we'd gone two months without uh, payment and I you know, served them notice that they were, they were gone. This was in the sockeye run time of the year. And these guys were fishermen. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's like early August. Yeah. And what I was left wa- with was a garbage bag size, like a full garbage bag full of sockeye guts mm-hmm. from like a, you know, commercial fishery oh, left my word. in my apartment. Okay. Oh, on the floor without the air conditioning running <gasps> in the middle of August. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and how I found out about this was I got a call from the RCMP. So a, a tenant cool. had complained of the stench that was coming from the unit. Oh, my And gosh. our RCMP officer phoned me and said, we're going to, if you don't get here and open this door, we're kicking it in because we there's a smell here that, that's giving us, like, some serious concern. A uh, dead yeah. body. Yeah. And, and when I got there, I found, like, a mountain of maggots 
<gasps> and just fish guts. And it was oh, the gross. most disgusting thing I'd ever seen in my life. That's disgusting. And the, the cop just laughed and started and, and left. Tipped his hat and said, you know, good on you. Have a fun weekend. <laughs> Took his gas mask off and said, see you later. Yeah. Oh. Wow. So that was a significant repair. And I actually ran into strata issues because it was a strata complex. Yeah. And there was this, the stench had crept into the floor system. Oh, no. And the floor had to be like professionally replaced so are there any repercussions for those tenants like what could you do about it i couldn't find them. nothing oh they disappeared from the face of the earth mm. and um no trace wow i still remember their name and i'll it'll never i'll never forget their names so if i ever bump into them anywhere um you do know that I, a- I emma is a master researcher <laughs> I do. Huh. Uh, we haven't utilized her for that yet. Hmm. I've sort of recovered from that, and like bringing the uh, the story up just sort of brings up this anxiety that I just don't want to have anymore. So I'm kind of like beyond it. But yeah. Wow, so I mean, that's awful. If you're if you're interested in taking advantage of the Kamloops market, which is a phenomenal rental market where high premiums per square footage and no shortage of tenants, then you just have to consider that it's a business idea going into business, you know, as a, as a landlord, you're t- technically taking on a business mm-hmm. venture. There's pros and cons. Um, you have to weigh those out. I would recommend seeking some professional advice before you do it through an accountant, through a lawyer, um, just so that you can put the proper steps into place. Talk to a veteran landlord so you can fast track through some of the preliminary mistakes that, you know, landlords make and, Make sure that you stick really t- tightly to the uh, tenancy uh, um, regulations for your area, which in here it's the BC Tenancy mm-hmm. Act. Mm-hmm. Um, because in, in any case, whenever there's an issue, it, it goes to um, a third-party arbitrator, which is the tenancy board, and there's time to be consumed with that, and there's very factual ways of processing um, certain issues. And I would say that the landlord is not... If, if like when you're in Vegas and you'd say like, it's a 50, 50 chance you're going to win, but, or 40, 49, 49, and then the 2% of the odds go to the dealer mm-hmm. as a landlord, you don't get any benefits. It, it's the benefit to the tenant. Yeah. So, um, but on the flip side, it does do a good chunk of damage to your mortgage payment. If you're putting in a thousand to $1,200 a month, um, towards a house, mm-hmm. yeah. it is a fabulous way to get your equity built up in your house yeah for sure and if you're looking it just so happens that me and philippa tend to do that for that's what we do yeah we find properties for people um so <laughs> throwing in a kicker there uh what about a seminar a seminar would be uh, i think would be a fantastic idea so we've thought about this and stay stay tuned okay we need to put together a good location and then we need to put together some pieces to that puzzle for that seminar so that we have like financing at our fingertips, um, maybe a property manager. That would be a good one. Yeah. 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 So if you're thinking about getting into it, stay tuned or contact Emma and she'll keep on top of us. Awesome. Guys, appreciate it today. Thank you Thank for you. joining us for this renter um, topic at the Kamloops Insider Podcast. <laughs>